0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the composer and songwriter for The Card Counter, Robert Levin Joined by Robert Levin Bean over here. Uh, we are currently talking about the card counter, uh, which is the new film from Paul Schrader being released by Focus Features right now. Uh Robert, how are you today? Uh I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. I just got back from Telluride, where the film also uh screened right after Venice. Um, I got a chance to meet Paul and uh, I, I asked him to his face how, how, how at your age did you just make the trek over from Venice, Italy over here to Colorado right now? Like just the, the rush of this movie, because it also was, you know, out in theaters now, too, uh, this weekend. So it's just supposed to be a madhouse for you guys. Yeah, I thought that same thing
1: because I didn't think he was going to make it. Uh, he said, I swear he said, like, I'm not I'm not doing any of that bullshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing uh, and the next thing. I knew I, maybe he changed his mind and, um, which, which doesn't surprise me. Um, and <laughs> he's, he's over there and it kind of, it kind of hit me. I was like, Oh yeah, this is like, this is like the equivalent of a, yeah. Like when a band tours, you know, it's but in a much more, you know, shorter condensed thing, like yeah. the rock tour can go for a year, but with films, it's like, it's all about, you know, just a really tight fist of just, make your punch yeah moment count i guess but but that's just also like his thing is just like i would just ask him like where do you get this like and like you know at his at his age like it goes well beyond a flight like i don't i
0: don't know where he just gets the the juice you know um okay. it's it's a wild thing well in terms of like your work here uh with the card counter uh this is actually the first time that you've been Contacted, I believe, to work on a score for a feature-length film. Um, your father had previously worked with Paul on Light Sleeper, and I'm curious to know. I, I imagine Paul; he must have called you to bring you onto the project, right? Like, uh, how how else? Did, I'm just curious to know how else did you come onto the project? He, tr- <laughs> he tried uh for like a month and <laughs> and it
1: was like the wrong number or something it was something really like really you know just s- stupid um and then they went through like a friend of a friend of a friend um and I, and uh fi- finally I think it was I don't know it came around at the right time because they they were having some issues uh struggling with with the like the direction of the concept. Uh, for the music and yeah, maybe stumbled into the room at the right time because the only focus was on like the last song like you know asking if it'd be put you know like I I watched it and I could I could see the similarities I could see this kind of in in the writing I could I could tell like okay there's there's definitely like strong parallels with Light Sleeper and so I kind of was like this is going to be a challenge because I know it's like, you're kind of going for this Michael bean thing. Like my father's like, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, and I'm not that cat. So, <laughs> um, you know, I was like, I'll just throw out what I would do. And um, I had like, yeah, six songs in mind. Cause the, the, there was, there's just a lot of different ways you could go. The final song he, yeah, he, he took to a lot and then it was, it was kind of in like, what about, you know, what about trying this? What about trying that? And so well, what started off is just kind of, uh, yeah, one song kind of kept growing backwards to yeah, do the full film, but um,
0: yeah. Which is, which is wild, by the way. It's like, I, I didn't sign on for this, and here we are scoring an entire film, your first film score, and then all the songs that are also layered across it. And dare I say, uh, damn good job, sir, because... I personally love this moody, atmospheric, dark score that un- was like the undercurrent to this movie. I thought it sold the vibe of the story just very, very well. Thank you. Yeah,
1: like I have no objectivity. Like I, I'm like the <laughs> I, I worked. I, I did so many versions, and in my head, there's like uh, yes, so so many different kind of. I, I had no idea how much like m- music is like the final rewrite, you know, uh, um, kind of like a screenplay to a novel. So it's, it's um a- any, any little move, any little change, you know, you've got a different film on your hand. Mm-hmm. So it, it got to a point where I was just like, you know, man, if you're, ha- if you're happy and this is, you know, and we finally, <laughs> we've, we finally exhausted all these different types of films. Like my job was just to give you as many hard, choices as possible and if i've done that then i've done it you know i've done something right so um and that was cool i I'd never like thought about creating i always felt like I, I needed to know and have the answer and have the direction and have the but there's a director for that so you know it's kind of it's an interesting you know chuck's position
2: hey, hey there i'm hannah and i'm audrey even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at Evergreenpodcasts.com. see you soon
0: hello and welcome to novel conversations a podcast about the world's greatest stories i'm your host frank Lavallo. You know, these last couple of years, uh, especially over the last decade, we've seen uh, lots of rock artists uh, from Trent Reznor to the Dresner brothers uh, get into film scoring. Is this something that after the collaboration experience that you've had is something that you would like to continue exploring more into the future? Because I do believe, you know, people like, you know, Johnny Greenwood and like all these other people that are just finding so much success in this new I don't want to say it's like a new form of film score, but there is something very unique about it, right? Taking a rock artist's mentality and applying it to uh, the cinema.
1: Yeah. I started understanding why, like, so many, uh, I guess, films, but also the the music itself, like, it's hard to break out of, you know, um, convention. And so I think it's um, a lot of times there's uh especially technology wise there's a lot of kind of just drone key keypad midi like one of the things we argued about the most was that i was like i'm not doing midi midi strings and these things and uh <laughs> and like we're gonna do it we're gonna do it you know and there's like no budget for that so it's like all right um but uh and then he got <laughs> in true paul fashion he got someone to do that um <laughs> which i which which i do remember from with working with my uh well him working with my dad was if there was anything like that where you kind of like kind of I don't know there's an impasse like Paul will just go and he for the light sleeper score like delivered delivered it and then found a guy that just he did really well but just put saxophone over most of the score and it was like kind of a last minute thing so I I get the um i i knew i knew that coming so it was kind of like i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna bring you know the things that i that i've got in the same way that i kind of witnessed my father as like more you know musician not Mm -hmm. as much closer you know you bring your best and it's another animal it's something that i'm still learning and i'm like not in a place of being like you know yeah i'm really grateful to kind of get the experience to, to yeah it was like going to school yeah um and i hope i you know i hope i never graduate <laughs> um, <laughs> i hope i'm always learning something something new but um it's it's another animal like um like understanding that no one one film or one director is is the same mm-hmm. um paul had a very you know specific thing and i would i would never walk into you know, like working with someone else with just the same assumptions. So Mm -hmm. as much as I want to say like, yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty magical when things click um, and you go into like other artistic territory that you never would, you know, otherwise I can't say what's, you know, I've given up, you know, guessing what's around the corner. Uh, And so, which, which helps, uh, which helps with a process like that. Something that moves literally at the speed of sound, um that it's just like does it feel right or you know there's no time to like discuss you're just like yeah we're going to the next scene going to the next and so it's all feeling and instinct and i don't know just staying out of the way but um yeah so i, can't, I, I i'd love to but i don't yeah I, I don't i don't know the future but it would be great because i know the, the cats that do <laughs> have an edge on the future I don't know if it's an edge I want because it's like, yeah, you do start kind of phoning in the same thing. And I I would hate to, you know, do that. Uh, Yeah. The learning is more important than, you know, solving.
0: Yeah. As artists, we always have to, like, you know, try to push ourselves creatively and not stay stagnant. So I I understand where you're coming from with that completely. You you mentioned before uh, that you're learning so much. You're working with Paul Schrader, a man who has nearly 50 years in the business. Uh, what would you say was the number one thing in the process of working with him that was like your biggest takeaway, your biggest learning moment?
1: Oh my gosh! Well, just because it's on my mind, I guess what we were just saying the the, the um, kind of let it, letting letting go and and letting it be. It's it's you know when you're in a band, there's you know. Two to five, six people, uh, and with this, there's, uh, you know, I've no, I don't know, I I came on late, and and it was like the film was pretty much done, and so uh, it was like a final, yeah, final cut, uh, final edit. It's you know just to have this kind of thing of respecting the work that came before you, and having the boldness to like take the wheel, which was very strange at times when. Paul was like encouraging me to, okay, now is where, you know, the song kind of takes over as the narrative, as the narrative. And then we return, we return back, you know? Um, And it was very strange, like, uh, you know, having that sense of like, okay, I'm going to take the wheel for the next minute and eight seconds, but then I'm handing it back. And so there's a lot of uh, just, you know, going with the flow that's mm-hmm. like extremely necessary of you know okay now you have to let go of that wheel it's not yours you know <laughs> you were just you know that was, a, that was a, mo- a moment of a loner um but actually the, th- the thing that was unique about this was like after having like written a minute of the song which was like a surgical strike with Paul which I had remembered from him working with uh, my like he, when he wants it, you know, the voice to begin at uh 445, you know, 0803. It's like specifically right there and then like die down, fade out, come back in mm-hmm. like he's not messing around. So to write with that precision is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, and I'd never, you know, done that. And then the strangest feeling was like once the whole film was over, i my initial thing was like i have to i have to go back and finish these songs like just it's like i feel like a negligent parent if i if i just like let these you know songs just be incomplete so that i should have kind of you know just taken taken the win but um i i couldn't have i couldn't have lived with myself or slept if i didn't like figure out where these songs are going to go like what's next like what's the you know almost like part two of it yeah and so i got the i got the luxury of like getting to like explore you know off the canvas you know off the outside of the film which i don't know know how many people get get that so i kind of i did get the best of both worlds in some ways and it's it's you know uh, I don't know if I'll ever get that kind of chance again, but it was, it was, it was kind of surreal to combine those two, two different, you know, methods So I'd, I'd go back like months, like into like, where the hell was my mind at when I, you know, wrote this verse into the chorus mm-hmm. and then I reverse engineer this back into like, you know, where would that story go next? So I don't know. I just can't stop <laughs> giving my, giving myself impossible challenges. But i um, pretty proud of it. Then again, you know, ask me in five, in five minutes from now and I'll probably be, you know, doubting it all again.
0: <laughs> well, I'll ask you in a shorter period of time than five minutes <laughs> yes. because I wanted to know that if they're considering the amount of work that you did on this movie with the songs and the score, if there' a track or a song in particular that you want to hang your hat on and say, you know what? I am proud of that one. That one turned out pretty well. And I'm, I'm, I'm am a big fan of that one. Well, keep in mind, whatever you say here, uh, anyone that listens no, to this, no, oh, that's the one that they're going to go listen to right away. So. <laughs>
1: oh no. Like, um, so I, uh, the part that spoiled that I, that I feel just like a you know, I stole the candy store, um, <laughs> was that like, I got to, Go and and complete the, the the songs kind of yeah you know off the you know after the buzzer and this and an alternative song songs that didn't you know that that we were like this close to going with and then got the you know another one kind of edged it out mm-hmm. um completing those and soundscapes that were just like i'd fallen in love with and i couldn't tell you which one was better than the other but like this record that I that that I kind of pieced together was kind of uh was kind of all the odds and ends. Um that mm-hmm. that that you probably would never get to see the light of day normally. And so um yeah, there's no there's no one. Like I, I uh created this record of hy- a hybrid of soundscapes and sound design and and you know, completed songs. And I'm really I just, I just feel like done. Like I, like I, uh, like I, like a sense I wouldn't have had if I just called it a day on the film, because I would have known all the all the songs no one ever heard. And I would have known like the moments that would kind of come and and go and and like a forever tease, you know. Um, yeah. And Paul really loves teasing people, but it's not exactly what I'm. <laughs> um, it's not really my thing in the long run. But that's also his job is to keep, you know, to keep the movie and the story and the character like alive, you know, post credits. Um, And this was, I guess, my personal way of trying to do that. But, um, yeah, the greatest films do that. You know, they don't they don't end when you walk out of the theater. Yeah. Tomato, tomato.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really appreciate your time here today and in talking to us about your process, working with Paul, the tracks on the film. Um, Like I said earlier, it's one of my favorite film scores of the year so far because I'm just a big fan in general of, dark atmospheric moody scores that also uh, illustrate uh, a character and one like William Tell, who just has so many layers to him as well. Um, I think that your work really, really brings that character in this movie alive at times in a very, very unique way that I uh, haven't heard on another film uh, this year so far. So, well, that was, that was, that was the honor was, was
1: getting to like the, the level that, that Oscar Isaac like brought, to every every scene was like i i I could not like phone it in i was just like i can't (laughs) like (laughs) that would that would that would be you know yeah that was something that was that would be unforgivable so i don't i never really took it yeah a a day's rest it was it was that bar and and where i knew that paul was reaching that i was like okay i've just i've got to give as much as these guys and it was very 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 moving and that that level of artistry and craft like it just you know raise raises me to a point that i wouldn't have gone to if someone wasn't you know leave that that benchmark so thank thank you but at the same time you know that's kind of the cool part of the interplay of like okay if you're gonna you know go here I, you know i'm gonna try and meet you or best you and it's a it's the greatest competition you know people ever invented
0: <laughs> everybody everybody wins yeah absolutely well robert thank you so much for your time once again the film is called the card counter it is currently coming out in theaters uh, this upcoming weekend here september 10th and i really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today Likewise, man. cheers all right thank you very Thanks, much Matt. have a good one you too Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the composer and songwriter for The Card Counter, Robert Levin Bean, here on The Next Best Picture Podcast. The Card Counter is currently playing in theaters from Focus Features. You have been listening to The Next Best Picture Podcast, and we are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can also lend on over at patreon for one dollar minimum a month you will get some exclusive podcast content from us thank you so much for listening as always and we shall see you all next time